Pretty Mental is about accepting our full selves and inspiring others to do the same by being daringly unfiltered. This means completely normalizing all things mental health and the wild journey that has brought us here. We are challenging the stigmatization of normal human suffering, and we are done pretending and subscribing to the notion that it is taboo to have challenging mental health experiences. Welcome to the Pretty Mental Health Club, and enjoy the show. Hey, Valentina. Hey, Paula. And hello, everybody. And welcome to another episode of Pretty Mental. Today, we sat down and unpacked the ways in which positive thinking is a premature strategy if we have not processed through and integrated our trauma. And we share a technique that was inspired by Paula's work in hypnotherapy for working through this at home, not in the place of therapy, but as a supplementary tool for you guys. We also did some deep diving into the psychology behind that popular saying that our emotions create our reality. So taking a deep breath with us, come fully into this moment and press play. Since so many of you are wondering about how my bean (laughs) diet is going, I have literally not had sugar in two months. What? Yup. I have, I gave up coffee last Saturday, so, or Saturday before that, so it'll almost be two weeks without coffee. I'm really sad about it. Goodness. Valentina is a biohacking master. Not I. I don't even know so much of it's biohacking. It's just an obsession with, I have little tolerance for something that I know is not natural. So for example, right now I'm fixing my sleep and my, and I'm breaking out. And those two things are not natural. I know that we're all born perfect. It's just the chemicals and the toxins and the trash that we take in that start deregulating our hormonal functions so that's just what i'm doing right now i'm trying to regulate my hormones again and well and environment does matter your environment matters everything that you put into your mouth matters so that's how it's been going and for those of you who are just tuning in on the bean diet i'm not just eating beans i've only incorporated them as well as other sources of soluble fiber into my diet because Americans do not get enough soluble fiber in their diets, which leads to a number of different diseases and an incomplete gut flora, which literally dictates all of the functions that we have. I still need to order that psyllium husk. Yeah, you do. Just get it at Trader Joe's. They have it there. Mm. Or Grocery shopping. Grocery shopping feels like going out into the jungle. <laughs> it literally, <laughs> it literally mm-hmm. does. Not a lot of places are doing a great job. My beloved Trader Joe's is not doing a great job with social distancing. Actually, I was kind of upset yesterday because one of their employees walked by me super close twice. <laughs> I'm like, what are you doing? The last time I went, people were like right up next to me. I couldn't believe it. I was shook. Listen, guys, Valentina and I are definitely on the spectrum of taking the social distancing thing very seriously. What? You all should. What do you mean? A lot of people are not. Well, they're wrong. 
<laughs> you know what actually that's crazy is happening that's that's really interesting is that how you social distance in quarantine is starting to turn into a political opinion it really actually is do you even social distance oh i'm seeing it like in in my work not every single client that i work with has the same exact opinions that i privately have about social distancing and i have to keep that obviously like my job is to be neutral so that people can discover themselves in whatever way they need to um but it's really interesting because i have to keep that in check now in the same way that i would keep in check like a political opinion or something like that and i'm like wow this is really interesting that's actually really interesting that that statement that it's like a political opinion yeah it really is it is because at the end of the day, everybody has a right to go about this however they want. I can't decide just because I think that this is the best thing. I can't shove that down other people's throat. But I'm just like, wow, this is actually like a stance. Yeah. Please social distance yourself. <laughs> and don't back to it. My stance is the correct one at the end of the day. <laughs> and don't listen to Kemp. Actually, Kemp told me to tell you guys if you saw on my Twitter that he made a mistake and he actually says that we still need to social distance. And he said he's sorry for his mistake and thank you for the patience in advance. Hold on. But can we please just have a moment to question why bowling alleys? Like why bowling alleys? For those of you who don't know, who listen to us that are not in Atlanta, we live in Atlanta, Georgia. So it's just wild. Yeah, we have some listeners in like, I don't even like Russia or something. <laughs> it's pretty amazing. That's amazing. We live in Georgia and it's one of three states right now that's really loosening up on uh, on stay at home orders in the whole country. And I'm just like, what in the world? It's us, South Carolina and Tennessee. Yeah, I don't get it. Anyways, I was listening the in one of the places that gets to open up right away this Friday are bowling alleys. And I was listening to Trevor Noah and I was cracking up because he started saying that he's like bowling alleys. He's like, why? You're telling me that I'm going to go stick my finger in places where all these other people have been sticking their fingers. You might as well tell people to go have sneezing competitions. Yeah, I saw that today. It's crazy. Everyone just has different opinions about how this should be playing out and my job is not to decide who's right and wrong, but I know what you know what I'm going to choose for myself. It's my job to decide who's right and wrong. Valentina's not a therapist. <laughs> Valentina's not a therapist, so she gets to be she gets to be the full Valentina that I am. And if you are not social distancing right now, I, I am. am disappointed in you. My soul is disappointed in you. Okay. Stay home. There are people risking their lives every single day so that we can continue this life. It's time to to shift from a hyper awareness on yourself and into the community because that is not a way to continue living and that's not a way to build a strong community. I, You know what? This goes back to something that I really hope happens. It's that we keep, we, we really come out of this with a much more like communal perspective. And that we hold on to that. I hope we come out of this with a, with a greater importance on humanity. We will. We will. But let's get back to your bean diet because we got, we got kind of sidetracked there. You never finished. Yes. The bean diet is going great. My skin is clearing up. I have, in addition to doing the bean diet, I've been using a 
skincare method with baking soda. So it's literally a tablespoon of water and a teaspoon of baking soda, dabbing it 20 minutes on whatever areas that you're breaking out in, leaving it for 20 minutes. Why can't I, I can't say that correctly. And (laughs) it's, that's been helping a lot too. So I'll keep you guys posted. Skin is going better. Sleep is iffy, but you know. On we go. On we go. Onwards we march. I sleep pretty good. I can't sleeps like a bear. I took a nap actually today midday. It was so random. Mm -mm -mm. I'm just getting used to it. Like the slower pace of life is what I was made for. And I'm just really leaning into it. Like yesterday I drove my car to pick up my laundry and to go grocery shopping. And afterwards I was drained from being in the car. It was like a five mile radius, but I'm just not in cars anymore these days. And honestly, I don't think it's natural to be in cars. And for me, it just feels so nice to not be having to commute every day. So we'll see. We'll see how we transition back into quote unquote normal life once all of this is over. But actually taking it back to the the Kemp thing, when he made that announcement, I found myself getting um I actually found myself getting angry that night I, I really did and I was surprised by that because I usually try not to get riled up emotionally with political situations that are going on I try to keep myself as centered as possible to keep a perspective on it but I actually did find myself getting angry because it, it feels like people are putting being put it in danger and then thinking about it I know that anger is not going to help. So I started, you know, we go back to the conversation on how important it is to remember during these times that we are here to stand for peace, that we are not here to fight against injustice. We're here to move towards more peace, towards more equality, and that those of us that are on this journey, on this mental health warrior journey that you know, you guys and, and us are on, we are trying, we are working to create a world that is more loving. We are working to create a world that is more unified. We are working to create a world that is more aligned with their inner truth. And if we allow ourselves to get sidetracked and get our energy drained out through resistance against things that we don't disagree on versus just continuing to move towards what we do want to manifest, we are going to just, we're just allowing our energy to leak out unnecessarily. I think now more than ever, I mean, it's always been super important, but it's just even more than ever really important that we remember to stay focused on the kind of future and the kind of world that we want to create. This reminds me of a a tweet that I sent out on their company page, which is information consumes the attention of its recipients. Hence, a wealth of information creates a poverty of attention which is exactly what you're talking about. You know, when you continue to place your attention on all of these outside things, your purpose gets diluted. Mm-hmm. You only have so much brain space. You can't build, you, you cannot build your own momentum towards what you want to create and towards the, towards the world that we want to create, towards, towards the centering that we want to create within ourselves. We allow ourselves to get sidetracked and dispersed by all the different media antics to be honest that are taking place because those can will have us running around like chickens with our heads cut off 
And to be honest, like that's what our world has functioned on is having us all in a very reactive state. They throw things at us. We react. That's where our attention goes. And now it's we have to really be mental health warriors and focus on what is our message? What do we want to do? What are we going to do to stay grounded and to stay clear headed? I think sometimes we feel that if we step into anger, we're doing something, but we're really not. It's one thing to just allow ourselves. Unless you're literally doing something. Yes. Because sometimes it can be a very great motivator for people to go out and do action. But if you're just getting angry to be informed. Yeah. Anger anger can be a very activating emotion. I have a long relationship with how anger has shown up in my life. And I do know that. It can it can be very like seductive to stay there. So you we can use it to activate us, but we want to transmute it as quickly as possible to just focus intention towards what we do want and not get lost in what we don't want and not get lost in the decisions that other people are making. Because then we're just doing the same thing that they're doing if we're hating on their opinions. And that's just not a space that we want to get into. Yeah, I totally agree. Actually, I definitely agree with that. So what we wanted to dive into with you guys today was the fine line between emotional suppression and positive thinking. And for me, this relates very directly to this conversation on politics, because while we're saying stay focused and keep moving towards what you want, by no means does it mean ignore what is happening and don't acknowledge the feelings that are coming up. Like when anger comes up, came up for me the other night, I'm not, I'm not like, oh no, I'm, I'm supposed to be a positive person. I'm not going to like let myself go into anger. I acknowledge it. And then I think, and then immediately I refocus on how I want to transmute that. How do I want to stand in the world? And that same concept applies to our internal world and to our mental health balance. So what would you say if you had a client who was experiencing all of these different emotions like anger and sadness, anxiety, stress right now? How do how do they transmute that? Well, it goes back to we want to learn to dance with these emotions. We want to learn to hold space for them. And we talked a lot about this in our episode on leaning into the feminine because it really is a feminine energy type way of dealing with emotions which is the most practical way of dealing with emotions because that's the kind of energy that emotions are and again we all have masculine and energy in uh, feminine energy so the masculine energy within us is a lot more rational in the decision making when we're talking about the feminine energy we're talking about the world of emotions and so when it comes to emotions we don't want to suppress them that is where Again, we get into this conversation of like the fine line between positive thinking and emotional suppression is something that we really want to reiterate because that whole positive thinking movement, there's a lot of value to it, but it's caused a lot of people harm because they start to become afraid of their naturally naturally occurring negative emotions and responses to the world. This reminds me of two things. The first one, this is why I always had a problem with the law, the secret. The secret? I, I kind of got with what they were trying to do with that, but I never fully was bought by them. Oh my God, I totally tried to do the secret. And, it's, and I tried too. It was I, so stressful. Actually. I tried against my will because I was like, I don't believe it. Like there has to be a different way to approach this other than like sitting there and 
and believing in the law of attraction just be positive just be positive just, just be, be positive. positive yeah that creates so much tension in your body because it's unnatural in fact you will attract what you want once you are able to accept what's happening in front of you and a lot of the anxieties and the fears will start start melting away when you accept the present reality and another thing that comes up for me that actually Lacey Phillips brought up in one of her podcasts was that being afraid of any of your emotions creates a ripe atmosphere for um, not suspicions. What is that called when you're like paranoia kind of paranoia like you won't walk under a ladder or like if you see a superstition superstitions create superstitions and that's when you start like you start avoiding different things so like this won't happen and you start you know it's like just such an avoidant behavior yeah I mean thinking that you have to move in the world perfectly and think the perfect things and feel the perfect way so that life plays out perfectly exactly how it's supposed to and that's just not what the nature of life on earth is about it's about finding a balance between the positive and the negative and That's actually what we talked about in our last episode with Nora, the wisdom teachings of the Native people of the Sierra Nevada. It's never for them. They believe in the power of thought. They believe that thought creates everything. And I do agree with them. And at the same time, however, they do believe in honoring the negative just as much as you honor and pay tribute for the positive. So you hold space for both because both of them are necessary for a physical reality to manifest. So that's where negative, without the presence of, without the tension that negative emotions create in our system, we would not evolve. So that negativity gives us something to respond to, and that's how we grow. Right. There's a balance because we won't grow if we stay in the darkness too. And that's when that dance comes in, is acknowledging and appreciating the darkness Yeah, the darkness reveals to us. So it's like, okay, if I have a thought that is less than loving, I pay attention to how it makes me feel, makes me feel uncomfortable, it makes me feel down. Well, okay, that just is pointing me towards the fact that it feels better for me when I'm in a more loving space. So that contrast is making me more aware of where my soul ultimately wants to go. And I can be responsive to that tension acknowledge that it doesn't make me feel that I I don't really like it I can have compassion for it and then I can just redirect myself but it's never about suppressing it and it's never about running away from it and this is when we start gaining greater self-awareness I heard a podcast the other day where this life coach was talking about having any feelings that when they start keeping you small or holding you back you it's called the CCC method so you catch it you challenge it and then you change it so you have one where um, I'm not. Um, so it has to be a conscious process. It has to exactly. be a conscious process. And you do it. She says that she's like, I've been doing this for like 30 years and I'm still doing it. This is something that we're always going to do. It just becomes more second nature. Yeah. After a it's while. Like, so like it, it's I want to like, do an example really quick. So a self-limiting belief would be I'm not good enough. So that's catching it. And then you challenge it. Is in the way that she challenged it was well is this actually going to take me to the the best self that I'm trying to become believing I'm not good enough is that actually going to get me there well no not really okay so let me change it and then you change it to what whatever you want whatever you want and then I think another important piece of that too is asking why is this thought here 
not I like I definitely is this taking me to where I want to go and also saying uh, questioning why is this thought here why is this thought here because then you start to understand it and you say okay this thought is here because I had this experience this is where I learned it once you bring understanding to why certain thought forms are present in your mind and where they come from it's much easier to get rid of them because there's just more consciousness around them rather than just like, I don't want you here, I don't want you here, I don't want you here. It's like, oh no, this doesn't even belong to me. It's it's a thought that kind of joined my emotional system when I was seven years old and these little girls didn't want to play with me. But if I really take a look at it, I'm not that seven-year-old girl anymore. And there's all these other things that I have experienced in life that actually challenge it. So it's an old thought that just has kind of like remained around. Yeah. I think when it comes to thoughts, engaging with them in this very conscious way, not suppressing them, dancing with them and transmuting them, shifting them in the way that like you just described in addition to questioning the past of it. What we are doing is that we are cleansing our thoughts on a daily basis. It really is. It's like a constant cleanse. That's why that the woman that um, you heard was saying that this is a process that she still engages in every day she's been doing it for 20 years because thoughts happen every single day it's a practice you just you start becoming you start becoming like a ninja with it so let's talk about this post that was circling around instagram that paula saw and read to me and we both want to unpack parts of it i'll read it out loud for you guys it's friends if you are triggered by spiritually woke teachers telling you things like your pain is just a story you're telling yourself and that you have depression or anxiety because you don't know how to be in the present moment, there is a good reason. You being triggered doesn't mean that you're not evolved or spiritual enough to understand the message. It means that the message is harmful. I'm so sorry if things like this have caused you damage. Your trauma is not your fault. You are not manifesting your emotional pain. Please stay away from folks and teachers that preach these kinds of messages. Coaches and therapists that are trauma-informed are needed for healing trauma, not spiritual teachers who shame you and victim-blame you for being in the pain and tell you that you're not vibrating high enough. The thing is that trauma creates a response in your body where that part of your brain that wants to keep you safe begins to run amok by imagining worst case scenarios in order to try to keep you safe. And that's just a very biological response and it makes total sense. And we have to understand that as humans, that's the response that we are going to have. So when you we experience trauma, there is a, le- a high likelihood that we're gonna keep re-experiencing the pain over and over again. It does make it harder to be in the present moment because trauma literally makes it having to experience that pain over and over again makes it less and less comfortable to be in your body and we use so many Valentina and I talk about this all the time that the body is a gateway to the present moment what we know from the work that we've done is that arriving in the present moment and being able to be there is one of the most peaceful experiences that you can have and it's we're not going to stay there at all times but it is moving towards it as a continuous practice is something that helps to keep us centered. So to say that a statement like you have anxiety or depression because you can't stay in the present moment 
that that is a harmful message. I, I actually, I agree with parts of it because we do say all the time, anxiety happens when we are very future oriented and depression happens when we are stuck in the past. However, if we just try to focus on arriving in the present moment before doing the work of acknowledging why there is anxiety rising or why there is depression rising, it's like you're skipping a step. So then you will be triggered when you hear a statement like that because you are missing something. So not everybody is ready to fully arrive in the present moment because they haven't done the processing and the integration of their trauma that needed to take place before they could. I remember right after college when I was still in a really difficult emotional space, I started reading Eckhart Tolle and I was so obsessed with arriving in the now. I just, I was like, why can't I be in the now? Um, One time I just laid out in my backyard for like a whole day trying to like force my mind to stay in the now. I became so obsessed with that. It was nuts, you guys. You don't even understand how obsessed she was. One time my brother. making us, the the whole family was going crazy. Yeah, one time my brother, uh, I picked him up from the airport and he was trying to talk to me. This was in my early 20s. And he, very early 20s. (laughs) And he was like. The day after I turned 20. (laughs) And he was like. He got so upset with me because I he was trying to talk to me and I told him that I had given up language because I was just in the now now. <laughs> How serious. But the thing is that I was trying to skip to that before doing the necessary integration of the emotional traumas that I had experienced. I was just trying to bypass the work and arrive in the present moment. Now... If you guys are familiar with Eckhart Tolle, that's kind of what happened to him. He had like a sudden enlightenment experience. That's the way he describes it, where he just arrived in the present moment. So when you hear his teachings and you're in a space of suffering, it's like somebody's holding candy in front of you. <laughs> you're just like, like, oh, my God, I want that. I want to have a sudden enlightening experience and wake up in the middle of the night and see all the energy vibrating off the plants. It really is like a dangling candy because he was. I was listening to him talk the other day and he was recounting that experience like one day I was just sitting on the bench after days of being like suicidal and then it just hit me everything was perfect I was like (laughs) (laughs) motherfucker say what (laughs) excuse me I'm sorry can we backtrack yeah so for him I missed something so for him it's very easy to say like yeah I mean you are anxious because you're in the future and you are depressed because you're in the past It's, it's just very clear for him he just his brain just dissolved all the emotional trauma and for a lot of people but for the rest of us human beings for a lot of us maybe we can we can logically understand that concept yes but the the mush in the middle is what we are currently residing in and need to work out we can't skip the mush guys I, that was my problem in my early 20s oh my god when Eckhart Tolle described enlightenment I was like I want that that is what I want and then it took me like years of kicking up against the wall to like finally surrender to it's just it doesn't happen that way it's more of an unfolding it's more of a slow unfolding so you're not just anxious like okay if we want to look at it in very black and white terms you're anxious or depressed because you're in the future you're in the past ultimately but really really 
from a human perspective, it's because you haven't integrated the emotional trauma, whether trauma with a big T or trauma with a little T that you went through. Once you go through the processing of that and you make peace with those experiences and you make peace with the parts of you that went through it, you forgive yourself, you forgive others, you start just shedding layers little by little, and then you're able to arrive in the present moment a lot more naturally. It's not as forceful. So if you still find yourself very triggered by a statement like that, that just means that there's just more work to be done at the human level of trauma-informed therapy. Like some, like just go back to the basics. What if someone can't afford therapy right now? That That's a huge problem, actually. What's a, an at-home kit for solving your traumas? An at-home kit for solving your trauma. So first get aware. I'll start. First get yeah, you become do. aware of the thoughts that are going on. Because we're so used to just allowing all these thoughts happen. And a part of us, even if a conscious part of us is not paying attention to what they are, a big part of us is listening to what we are saying. So we need to become aware of all of the thoughts that we are saying to ourselves because they tend to be hurtful. Our egos try to jump in there and tell us all of the things that we're doing wrong. Mm-hmm. I think writing is super helpful. Because if you don't have a therapist, another human there to listen to you about it, you can listen to yourself about it through writing because writing kind of like gives you a little bit of space and separation from those thoughts. So a technique that is that would be very helpful is for those of you who are out for it and can't really do therapy is to start um, start writing through all the experiences that you've had in your life. Start as, as young as you can remember. Start rewriting your story as if a third person was observing it. Just start rewriting your story. As it happened. As it happened. But as if it was a third person. Like literally if I was writing it, I would say Paula Sinistera was born on this day. Paula Sinistera's parents had gone through this. You know, just mm-hmm. almost like somebody that's studying your life. Mm-hmm. And then when you hit across points where it's clear that the sit the circumstances and the hardships of the situation surpass your ability to cope with it, your knowledge on how to cope with it, right there, that's a trauma. Right. That's a either it's a little trauma or it's a big trauma. So like if you were three years old and then you saw your parents fight, yeah, that's used like danger, danger, abandonment yeah. is about to happen. Uh huh. So okay, what came up for that child in that moment? What did that child need to hear? And then you start to understand that when circumstances that somehow mirror that initial event happen in your life now, and you've never gone back to visit that, and you've never gone back to make sense of it, you're going to unconsciously start responding in the same way that that three-year-old did, maybe with intense fear of abandonment because you have never really gone back to revisit that memory and heal it so you can use writing in the place of another person being there so you go back and you say okay what did that child need to hear and now as an adult when you have that experience and you notice that that same emotional reaction is happening inside of you you tell yourself and you talk to yourself in the same way that that child needed to be talked to and you start clearing the space for new programming to come in 
much easier to do this with a therapist. This is like an at-home kit for those of you mental health warriors out there to kind of join this journey. I'm going to do it. I think that's cool. Yeah. That sounds really helpful. Yeah, it's a powerful exercise. And actually, I came up with it. It just like hit me. I'm like, hmm, what would it be like to just rewrite my whole story in third person objective? And I've actually been doing that exercise. I haven't told you about it. What are you going to name it? Paula story. We need to copyright this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a it's a method. Stay tuned for the official name. Stay tuned for the official name of this method. But give it a try, guys. It's powerful. I mean, I've been intuitively, I just knew to journal since I was seven years old. I've had diaries. I have like boxes of diaries since I was seven years old. And I never really stepped foot in a therapist's office till I was in my um, 20s. I actually began grad school before even going to therapy. I had done all this legwork on my own. I went to meditation retreats, Vipassana. Vipassana is free. Vipassana made a huge difference for me. You just have to um, figure out a way to take 10 days out of your life, but you don't have to pay anything for the actual Vipassana program. So if you can't afford therapy, uh, that was really helpful for me. Once this is all, the quarantine is over. Once the quarantine is over. In the meantime, write, write your story. Write your story. And when you see situations, again, I, I repeat this so that you guys really get it clearly. When you see situations that were beyond your ability to cope with them, there, right there, you're identifying where the little or big traumas took place. And that is where you want to go in and create like a thought surgery. And get really compassionate with yourself because I almost imagine myself who I can sometimes be pretty tough on myself thinking, well, I mean, you were like already six years old. Like you have the ability to know that you were going to be okay you know yeah but we really didn't no our little like be very very take it easy on yourself when you do this and actually I'm glad you said that because I see that all the time people being um when people haven't been able to access self-compassion for themselves that it's even hard to access it for their their little self so it can take a little bit of of a while but We promise you guys that self-compassion is the key to transmuting these thoughts because if you fight them, if you fight your pain, you are layering on more pain. If you really, really want to transmute this pain into love and into opening up energy within yourself to be able to go through life and not carry this load with you, you need to meet your pain with compassion and that is when it starts to be released also let's talk about the part of the post where she says you're not manifesting your emotional pain so here's the tricky part of that because until you heal your emotional pain and this is where life gets a little bit savage this is what happens until you heal your emotional pain you do end up reliving situations like it over and over and over again until you finally get so tired of it that you're ready to ask yourself, why is this still happening? And that's a lot of times when people are finally willing to come into therapy or finally willing to start doing the work and say like, what's happening? Like, why do I keep having the same outcome in my life? If we are in a place of pain, if we think the world is dangerous we're gonna re- we're gonna interact 
whether it's happening at a quantum physics level where you're manifesting it, which quantum physics is a really valid science (laughs) where thoughts do affect the energy of the things around us. So however you want to look at it, either at that level or we're just going to talk about it at the cognitive behavioral level. If you think the world is dangerous, for example, you're going to engage with people as if they are dangerous. When you engage with people as if they are dangerous and you don't trust them, people sense that and they don't trust you either. It's like that quote, if all you have is a hammer, everything looks like a nail. Exactly. And the human brain looks for evidence of what it believes in. And so you start to kind of like magnify that in your reality. So your emotional landscape does attract more similarity to it until you reach a point where you are fed up with it. I saw this tweet the other day that said, if you encounter more than two or more than two assholes, yeah, a day, you're the asshole. <laughs> yeah. And like, I'm like, that is actually fucking true. Because sometimes if I'm having like a weird day with people around me, I'm always like, okay, what the, what am I doing? Uh-huh. Like, what energy am I putting out there? Because I keep, it's like I'm attracting the meanies today. <laughs> <laughs> Where are my squirrels and butterflies at? Yeah, it's true. And and the thing is that you don't want to freak out on yourself when that's happening because then you go deeper into the energy. So this is the fine line between positive thinking and emotional suppression. If you try to positive think by emotionally suppressing or fighting what is really there for you, you are actually going to create more negativity. So if you notice it, like Valentina said, that she was attracting the meanies, then she just kind of starts getting curious about it, maybe d- dialogues with it, like, what's going on? You know, how are you feeling? Do you just need to, like, take a break, like, slow down? Or just use it to, like, wake you up. Like, it's it, to, honestly, that day it just woke me up. I was like, oh, okay, redirect. Uh, okay, yeah, like, I need to start being more conscious of how I'm interact- engaging with people today? No, just almost like that those people were showing me what was maybe going on internally, mm-hmm. and I just woke up from it. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. No more. No more what, though? No more being unconscious of my thoughts right now. Uh, okay, so you just started getting curious and paying more attention. Right, I just got really conscious. Yeah, so, it, yeah, exactly that. If you notice that your reality is not how you want it to be, pay attention to the thoughts that are coming up. Pay attention to the emotions that are cur- that are there all the time and start to question them. And again, if you want to go through the whole process of kind of writing out the story of your life and figuring out what emotions have stuck with you for a long time, those are the ones that need to be kind of cleaned out. And it's like an emotional thought cleansing process. And the ancients of our world, the indigenous people of our world have been doing this for a very long time. It's super interesting because we think that modern psychology is kind of arriving at these concepts of the secret and how to dance with your thoughts and in how to manifest your reality and the power of thoughts and in truth these are things that have, that humans have been practicing for a really 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 long time i think we just forgot that these things were necessary and we have been letting our thinking run amok all i know is that in today's world it is super important more than ever, that we have more people that are willing to engage in this process of cleaning out their thoughts in a conscious way. 
And not blaming everyone around them. Absolutely. Because until we clean out our thoughts, know where they're coming from, understand and see what trauma they're rooted in so that that can be healed, we're just going to lash out at, at, at we're going to be much more easily triggered, first of all, because mm-hmm. we don't feel safe and we're kind of unconscious in our suffering. And then we are just going to blame everything that's going wrong in the circumstances and in the people around us. And that's not what we need right now. Right now, it's about taking your power back, your mental health power, and leaving the framework of victim consciousness. Exactly. We need a collective healing. That is what we are calling for. It's already happening. It's already happening. Let's just continue to amplify it. Let's continue to magnify it so that more and more of us can show up into this space with love instead of blame, even if people are not following the same political beliefs as us, even if people are even not doing the work, you know, even if they are still stuck in their pain and showing up with anger, we need to hold all of that with all the love and compassion that we can pull out of ourselves. And the only way that we can pull that out of ourselves is if we have already done it for ourselves. Yeah, because once we've done it for ourselves, we can go around and bump into meanies and understand also like taking a look at ourselves, like I said, but also understanding that us judging them is not going to fix anything or us lashing out on them is not going to fix anything. Just holding that non-judgmental awareness of what just happened, allowing it to not permeate inside of you and going on with your day. Exactly. So... In conclusion for this podcast, we really wanted to just jump on here and clear up for you guys this fine line between emotional suppression and positive thinking and really how the missing necessary step is just to do the healing work of your trauma uh, and then positive think, which is not suppressing your emotions. And then the positive thinking aspect will just flow more naturally into your life and you'll be much more able to access it once you've done more of that healing work. And before we close out, I wanted to mention that Paula will actually be hosting our next Rebel Women event. So for all you ladies out there who are interested, this is a completely free event and it's happening May 13th at 7 p.m on a Wednesday and we're going to be talking about all the different ways that grief shows up we would love it if you guys were there we're going to be breaking out into different groups and we're going to have different facilitators I'm going to be one where we will be having specific prompts that Paula will throw at us in regards to grief the the goal of this is to hold space for the grief that is showing up for people right now with our society changing the title of the event is called grieving the loss of normalcy because that's really what it is grief is not something that just shows up in our life when somebody dies we grieve many things we grieve many losses every single day that we wake up just as we wake up to love we also wake up to the I mean because we love on the other side of that is the possibility of loss they kind of go hand in hand So we're basically opening up the space for everybody to show up and to be heard and to be seen as we move through this collective change that's happening in our world. We'll make sure to have the link up in our bio. Just make sure you RSVP because we are capping it at 50 women. 
So make sure that you get your name in there. And I'm really excited because this is the second event that Paul and I are doing as Pretty Mental. The last event was at the Lola. We held a workshop on transcending anxiety, which was amazing. And we got really good feedback from that, which was really exciting for me because this is where we want to take Pretty Mental. We want to take it into different offices, into different We want to tour with Pretty Mental and call upon all the mental health warriors and we want to grow the tribe of mental health warriors everywhere we go. So onwards and upwards, I am so excited about this. All right, you guys, make sure to tune into our podcast every Monday. And if you have any questions, feel free to DM us. We'll answer them on here or on an Instagram video. And be kind to yourselves. We will talk again soon. Bye, guys. Love you. Bye.